want to welcome you to Gilly Talks, where your story matters. I go by the name of Adam or Gilly or Gilly, depends on how you want to call me, I guess. But before we begin our interview today, I want to give you a bit of an insight as to what you can expect from Gilly Talks as a podcast. First and foremost, this podcast is about you. This podcast is a platform for you to share your story, what you've been through, what you're going through, what you're pursuing, why you're pursuing it. And I want, to be a, I want you to be able to share your story. And here's why. I'm a firm believer that your story has the power, the ability to impact other people. Your story might encourage someone who is going through what you've already been through. Your story might encourage someone to share their story, which in return um, will help someone else. Now, I don't want to, what I do want to make, make sure that it's clear is that um, first, I am a Christian. Just let's get that out in the open. I am a Christian, but this is not a Christian podcast. Um, you will hear from guests who are also Christians. And they will share their story, and it'll include their faith journey. Um, but this podcast is will not only feature guests that are Christian. Um, the reason for this is because every person has a story, and each one of those stories needs to be shared because there is someone who needs to hear it, and that's why this podcast exists. Having said all that, um, I hope you, the listener, are in for the long haul with this podcast, and I hope someday you, the listener, uh, become the storyteller as one of our guests. Now, on today's episode, I want to introduce uh, to you our, our first guest, um, my first guest on this show. Um, if I were to give the quick version of who she is, I would tell you that she is one of my favorite social media accounts to follow. Um, this is not a joke. This is true. Uh, first reason would be because she's honest, um, doesn't really hold anything back as to what she's feeling. And, uh, and I usually, number, the second reason would lead me to... Um, I keep laughing when I read a lot of her stories, um, obviously not the serious ones, um, but the, the stories, and you'll hear uh, about that in just a few moments, but I do find myself laughing quite often when I f- uh, follow her on social media. Um, the stories about uh, her son absolutely kill me, and, uh, and I'm not sure if it's because they seem to be too funny um, to be true or because they remind me of my kids sometimes, um, but I usually have to go back, watch it again. I tell my wife to watch it. Um, but beyond social media, I've had an opportunity to get to know my first guest through uh, some of the work that I've done, and I've always been impressed with who she is. Uh, so I'm pretty excited to have her as a guest on Jilly Talks. Um, so I want you to uh, welcome uh, to the show, uh, Tegan Bombay. Tegan, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the nice intro. <laughs> well, it's all true. Now, I want to make sure, because I know that there's been times where uh, people have messed up your name so that I say it correctly. Yes, it's yes. Like tagging along. Oh, like tagging along. Okay, what what are some different variations you've heard before about your about your name? I've had Tajin. Okay. Um, tag on, Tegan. <laughs> um, what else? Usually, I mostly usually get Tegan because that's what people are most comfortable saying, and it seems okay. like the most logical answer when they read my name. So that's that's the the most common one. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> So let me just let me just make sure of something here because if I didn't do this correctly, um, yeah. So um, I did do it right. So here, here's the thing. I <laughs> I wanted to, to make sure. Um, first of all, I had to make sure that I was re- actually recording this because that would have been a horrible um, um, thing for me to happen so early in this podcast. But um, my first question for you is: Do you remember uh, when we first met? Yes. Yes. When we came to Montreal. Absolutely. I think it was early 2000. I think maybe 2006. Could be 2005. I'm not too sure. Is that correct? Yeah, it was 2006 because Matt and I were just married. Okay. It was a winter 
winter retreat. Yeah. Yes. I was, I was youth pastoring, um, at a church in Laval and, uh, and we had Matt come in and speak and you were there and, and, uh, it was fun. I think, um, that year, um, we had, um, our toboggan hill or sledding hill, however you want to call it, uh, where we iced it down during the day so that kids could use it at night. And I believe some kids got winded. It was pretty entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. The one thing I remember from that whole retreat was that the guy that ran the camp yeah. right, for the breakfast. Yeah. And then he said, and I just want to thank you for these delicious pancakes. And that's <laughs> how he said it. And Matt and I both looked up and locked eyes. And now every time we have pancakes, we pray for pancakes like that. Nice. I, I, I honestly don't remember that moment, but that is, that <laughs> well, is we're funny. weird. We remember <laughs> the stupidest things. <laughs> so, so we're now 13 or 14 years later. And uh, yeah. so what, where, where are you now? What, what's, what's family like for you? What is, what are you doing for work? Like what's life mm-hmm. like for, for you, um, where you are right now? Give people a little insight as to where you are. Okay. So we did grow up in Ontario, but we are living in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan now. That's how you say it. Saskatchewan. It's not okay. Saskatchewan. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we've lived in Saskatoon since 2010. We moved here for a youth, um, pastor position at Elam church And we just finished that up in August. So we've been done from there since about seven or eight months ago. And now we're just kind of planting some roots long term here, which we're excited about. And I work um, in our local neighborhood here as a dental hygienist. Um, We have two kids. So Bennett is six. And then we have a seven-month-old daughter, Vale. Awesome. So you mentioned Bennett and he, he was the one I was referring to before when I, I said your social media account makes me laugh. And, and you, you often find yourself um, in some pretty unique moments. I'll give you an example of the one that happened recently that I really enjoyed. Um, okay. It was where you were shopping uh, for a birthday gift for a friend. Uh-huh. And the conversation went with, okay, so what is he like? Are we still doing Pokemon or is that so <laughs> six months ago? And you said that Bennett replied with confidence and he said, honey badgers. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You were confused. And he said yeah. he really likes animals. And right now his favorite animal is a honey badger. So that's what we'll look for. Honey badger yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, so tell people like, is this something that happens often? You find yourself in these moments with your son, Bennett? Yes. He's, I feel like there's kind of this thing sometimes that comes along with being a youth pastor's kid, especially for a long term where it's their formative years and they're around young adults all the time and youth. And he didn't really have anybody else, like any cousins here to play with and a few like handful of kids that are our friends' kids to interact with. So he's kind of like a 16 year old girl trapped in a six year old boy's (laughs) body sometimes. So he's high drama, but he's hilarious and he's still all boy at the same time. So Mm. it's just, you never really know what you're going to get with him. And Matt and I laugh because he has a lot of Matt's qualities, but he is so much like me that we just butt heads all the time. And I think that's why I just find him so hilarious because I know what he's thinking in the processes that he's going through in his mind half the time. So that's awesome. I I won't go into too many of the stories about Matt because he's not here to to defend himself, but I, I did find (laughs) myself laughing on numerous occasions going back to the story where Matt is the one who decided to make lunch one day for Bennett's, um, lunch bag and he gave croutons as the option uh, yeah. for, for a sandwich and my favorite part was he actually thought that was a great idea but my but the best part is that the follow-up was that Bennett informed you that the teacher gave him a sandwich at lunch because he didn't have a lunch to eat that was yeah my yeah well and then here's the like 
cherry on top of all of that. And I was like, oh, okay, so was the sandwich good? He goes, I didn't eat that sandwich. There was a weird dip on it. I'm like, what? I'm like, what did you eat? He's like, I ate the croutons. <laughs> so does Matt feel justified now? He does. He's, yes, he's like, okay. I told you, see? But right. it was just like the look on his face, if you know him, he got this like smirk in his eye, his nostrils flared, and he was like, <laughs> I knew I was in the wrong, but I'm not, I don't want to say it. That's awesome. That's so good. Well, if you're listening to the podcast today, um, do yourself a favor and go um, find some of her, uh, Tegan's uh, social media stuff and, and follow along some of these stories. Uh, that you'll find one where uh, Bennett is given the option of choosing his punishment um, to waking up his mom um, in the morning, and he chose uh, spanking over losing his uh, video games, which I thought was pretty funny conversation as well. <laughs> and and, and th- the best part is that the spanking wasn't even given to him as an option. He chose that one. Yeah, yeah, he picked that for himself. himself. Which is great. Go do yourself a favor and and go find Tegan on social media. We'll give you all that um, stuff at the end of the episode, but uh, follow along with those stories. So so you mentioned, Tegan, that you are a uh, dental hygienist. um, And that's uh, how long you've been doing that for and and, and why why did you choose that career? I have been doing dental hygiene for almost 10 years. I was a dental assistant before that. Um, I picked dental hygiene as kind of like my token answer when people asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, um, when I was probably in grade five. And truthfully, I think it was only because my dad always pushed me and told me to go to college and get a trade or something that I could do tangibly with my hands because there was no point in going to university. (laughs) He's a little like rough around the edges and funny like that. He's like, oh, I don't do that. Just a waste of money for a piece of paper. Do something you can actually get a job in. So I always kind of had that idea in my mind. That's what I needed to do. May not be the right way of going about things, but it's worked well for me and I like my job and a good field so so yeah i just like what kind of sorry to cut you off but in that that career like um what what do you feel like you get the most out of like when you're doing that job like what, what what makes you enjoy it um i like the satisfaction of a before and after process so somebody coming in and having really horrible dirty teeth (laughs) and maybe never having the chance to have a cleaning before never knowing it was a thing or never even realizing that it was something they should have done but then going through that process of like the beginning to the end and then walking away with clean teeth and just the way that it looks and the way that they feel you can you can see people's um, countenance change when their teeth become improved so that's one of the highlights for me and I like interacting with people as much as I am quite introverted I can put on an extroverted front so there are I like seeing my regular patients and just building relationships with them it's been great awesome okay so so you mentioned before you're you're married to Matt and he is Mm -hmm. a pastor Um, yes now, some people would like to use the term that you're a pastor's wife, but you're more than that. You are married <laughs> to Matt, and uh, you guys do life together, and you just so happen to be the spouse of a pastor. Um, yes. But when, when marrying a pastor, um, mm-hmm. what, what were your expectations uh, for yourself, but also for that life as a, as, a, as a married couple in ministry in a church? Now, I know any pastor or anybody uh, that we are connected to are listening very carefully right now. Um, <laughs> They want to know what kind of answer you're going to give here, but, but I'll have a follow-up one after. But what was your expectation okay. going into this uh, marrying a pastor? Well, I always tell people this story when Matt and I were dating. I went with him to the youth pastor's timeout in Western Ontario, mm-hmm. 
in Niagara Falls. And I came with him for just one of the sessions. And I remember like poking at him and laughing and pointing because there was this woman who was falling asleep at the table and she could not keep it together. And I was like, what is wrong with her? Like, how could you be that tired and like so worn out? And he's looked at me very seriously, which he never really was at the time, ever serious about much. He was like, ministry is exhausting. It can be very tiring. And I was like, oh, okay. I'd never really thought of that before. I didn't grow up in a ministry family. Um, I kind of just grew up going to church with my grandparents. And so I wasn't really familiar with that. And then later into our dating, I remember him asking me repeatedly, are you sure that you can be married to somebody in ministry? Are you ready for this? Do you understand the weight of it all? And I was like, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's not a big deal. Like, how hard could it be? I think I was like 19 at the time. Mm -hmm. So I think I went into it very naively. Um, And I think I've kind of been on both ends of the spectrum where I've been very um, flippant with it and not understanding the weight of ministry. And then on the other sense, taking it too seriously at times where I put too much pressure or I feel like it's a bigger weight than it has to be and that ministry can be quite enjoyable as well as the other tensions that come with it. So Mm -hmm. it's been an interesting journey for me. (laughs) So, so compared to maybe kind of already answered it, but like compared to what your expectation was and, and what you've now seen over the years, what, Mm -hmm. what would you like, how would you compare? Like, like, what would you say that you've learned along the way as a, as, as a, someone who's married to a pastor? I would say that ministry is not just a nine to five job. And I don't think that I realized how much of it infiltrates my everyday life. It dictates a lot of my friendships. Um, There's not many jobs in life or things that you'll do where you're kind of transported or transplanted to a new spot and you drop in and you're given this whole like pool of people that you can choose to be social with while you're Mm -hmm. pastoring them too. Mm -hmm. And so it's, interesting because that can be a comfort because you always have a community that you're connected to. But at the same time, I've found myself saying many times over the years, oh, I just wish that my husband had a regular job nine to five where it could just be our family alone when the time is the downtime, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. There are plenty of people who would tell you that uh, being a pastor, you work one day a week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you would say that that's not true. No, it's not true. Okay. Um, so, so you, you got married, um, you had kids, um, you were at a, a pretty big church, you, you were working, um, you know, a job that you enjoy, um, everything, you know, seems to be going great, seems to be going well on the outside for other people looking at your life. It seems to be good. But, but if I were to refer to one of your, your blog posts that you, uh, that you've written, um, you actually write about, um, how you don't remember much about 2013 and 2014. Could you, could you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, my son was born in 2012 and July of 2012. And so by the new year, kind of the spring of 2013, it was becoming quite evident that I was dealing with some postpartum issues that we didn't really know until a few things started showing themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I began, I think I went to the doctor in early 2013 and got medication for um, postpartum anxiety is actually what I was having that was giving me depression because I would just sit at home and worry all day long about things. And so I think because of that and just not really knowing how to cope with 
um, all that came with that. I began to self-medicate and um, cope with it in different ways. And so a big part of that I've blocked out. I don't know if it's because of me just not wanting to remember it, but also to maybe just because of some of the treatment that I went through and even just time kind of healing it. But when I look back at pictures, it brings up memories. Um, I just, I don't really remember a lot like I do with other years in my life or seasons in my life. And I'm pretty good at remembering things even as young as three and four years old. So to miss a whole window of time is quite unusual for me. Mm-hmm. So I know you've answered a bit of it, but like what, what yeah. were some of the signs that um, for you that something wasn't right, that you weren't doing well, and it was more than just having a bad day? Um, I became very resentful um, about motherhood. I felt like I didn't realize what I had gotten myself into. It was kind of the feeling that I would identify with quite often. Um, I would harbor my alone time. Like if I had an hour to myself, it was just spent in bed alone and it would have to be pitch black, dark. I didn't want anybody around me. I didn't want to be social with people. Um, even even the little amount of time that I would usually give people, I wouldn't give at all. I would just keep myself at home with Bennett and Matt would go out and he would have to make excuses for why I wasn't there. Um, I went seven days without brushing my teeth <laughs> and I'm a dental hygienist. Yeah. And so that was kind of the tipping point for Matt because <laughs> he's like, no, there's, there's an issue here. So um, yeah, those are the main, main indicators. I, I think Matt would probably be able to um, verbalize that a little bit better too, just from being a, an outsider in it and witnessing it all happen. But those were some of the ones that I remember feeling. So, yeah, I was going to say like knowing, knowing who Matt is, and I've known Matt for, for quite a while and he, he's a, a pretty fun guy. He's usually yeah. on, you're saying not, not too serious and, yeah. and uh, pretty easy going. So, you know, obviously he sees something wrong. How, how was he during that process of, you know, seeing this switch happen in you? He, he coped well with it because he does well in crisis situations and he's always kind of the one that will step in and try and help and fix and get things working again. So he was good in that regard, but I know it did affect him a lot. It affected his ministry. It affected the way he was treating other people. Um, it, yeah, it just manifested for him in different ways and it took a toll on him and, um, when I look back in pictures too, I can see that. Um, yeah, I don't know, but he was, he was pretty steady for me in that season, which was good. He didn't fall, fall under with me at the same time. And sometimes that does happen too with spouses. So for sure. Um, so talk to me about, um, your healing. Like we, we've talked Mm -hmm. about it and I know that you're, you're doing, you're doing better today. Like you're not like it was in 2013, 2014. So talk to me a bit about, where the breakthrough happened for you, where things started to feel better. Yeah. So one of the biggest tensions that I had was not wanting to be medicated. And even though I have no bad issues with being medicated, something for me, I did not, I couldn't come to terms with the fact that I needed medication to deal with what I was dealing with. And so I was very bad at taking my medication or I would take it to a point where I would feel great And then I would stop because everything was working and I was feeling better, right? And that's kind of the tension a lot of people deal with when they have mental health problems or they're medicated. Um, You think that you're doing better because of your own, 
your own will and it's the medication helping you because you need it. So um, for a number of years, I went back and forth up until 2016 of being on medication and going off and then going back on again and then self-medicating. Like I self-medicated with food and alcohol and money and shopping, like all of those things trying to fill a void. And I think it was in 2016... 20, I guess it was the end of 2015. I went to a worship service and that like, I, I was not close with the Lord during this time. It was really hard for me. Um, as much as you want to, and you know, that's the right thing to do when you're in that state, it's very hard to even get yourself mentally and physically healthy enough to be spiritually healthy. And you don't understand the connection between all of those things. You can't see it. So I went to this worship service at the end of 2015, and that was the first time that I had a real interaction with the Lord in years. And I just remember feeling changed and different. And it kind of started this journey of me getting serious with God again. And it was almost like I got saved again, if that's what you want to call it, or I just came back to um, relationship with him, even though this whole time I was a pastor's wife. And so over that year of 2016, I just began to read my Bible more. I... um, I really like Bethel Church and Bethel TV. I got a subscription to all of their services and I would watch them and I would worship from my house when I didn't feel like leaving. And I just believed and prayed that this would break in my life and that this stronghold that was over me would break. Um, And then at the end of 2016, I was watching one of those services and they called for people to come to the front of their church for prayer for mental health and illness. And I was just kind of watching as a spectator and I felt like um, God told me to get up and to pray for myself in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. And so I did that and I was healed from my mental health issues from that service on. So, yeah. So, so you, you, you were healed there. Did -hmm. you know right away or was there a process involved where you start to notice things were different that really were confirming what you felt? Well, I felt that moment that I truly prayed with a spirit of faith for it. And I didn't know how that was going to look. And I didn't want to be irresponsible with healing. And I, and I said to the Lord, I'm like, well, medication is still a form of healing. And so if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to continue doing this. How will I know if I'm healed? And I just remember feeling like he said to me, you'll know when the time is right. You'll know when you are healed. And so I just kind of continued on with my life. And I I think it was the next day I was, or the next week I was supposed to get a refill on my medication. And so I called that in and somewhere between September and the end of November, I remember I was sitting on the couch in November and I kind of shot up and looked at Matt and I said, have I been crazy lately? And I do not believe people are crazy if they have mental illness. I just want to say that because I've talked to my counselor about that term and we are not crazy, but I said to him, have I been crazy lately? Like, or have I been stable? Do you, have you noticed anything weird in me? He's like, no, you've been really good actually the last few months. Like I've really noticed a change in you. And I was like, okay, well, I have to tell you something. And he kind of just looked at me and I'm like, I haven't been taking my medication, but it's because I forgot to pick it up and I haven't been taking it since September. And he was just kind of like in shock and awe because you can usually tell when I would have gone off within days, he could tell. So it was kind of that moment where I was like, okay, something happened there. And whether it was just life or happenstance or the Lord used that circumstance of my everyday life to bring me to this point, I haven't been taking medication for almost three months and I feel really good. So, and I haven't taken medication since. So 
Oh, that's so, that's so great. That's, uh, yeah. that's, that's good. So, so let me ask you this question. Like you, you're, you're going through all of this and I know you kind of touched on, on it with Matt before, but, um, what, how would you say like family and friends uh, helped during, during this journey for you? How, you know, while you were in it and while you were coming out of it, like how, how do you find friends and family, um, helped you get through this? If it's yeah. Um, Matt was good for me in the sense that he is my complete polar opposite in life. And so he can speak to me, um, in areas that I can't see for myself. He can see my blind spots and there's something about our relationship where I'm a little bit different. I like to do the long-term process and he just says what he needs to say. So he can be quite, I wouldn't say abrasive with me, but I, there's an aspect of me where I have a little bit of a, uh, aggressive side to me and I need someone to just kind of like tell me the way that it needs to be. And so he's always been that in my life as long as, as we've been together and he can tell me what I need to hear and I, and I don't get mad at him for it or I eventually come around. Um, family, being long distance from them, support from, from like Ontario to here was harder from them, but, um, they were always there for me. We had lots of friends and support in Saskatoon and, um, and like one of our best friends, Carly, she would just come and take Bennett with for me and just let me relax and rest if I needed it. She was always there for us and always providing help for us. And she's been a big part of my spiritual journey too, of being someone who's younger than me, but also has mentored me and guided me. So, Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's yeah. great. So, so you, you, um, you know, give a lot of, you know, credit and, and mm-hmm. as a person of faith myself and, and, mm-hmm. um, and you, you know, being a Christian, we, we do believe that God, um, can heal. We do believe that God, um, can bring that kind of peace and, and take someone like what you were going through out of that situation and they, and they feel better. But what about the person who's um, not a Christian, doesn't believe what we believe? Of course, we, we, we would love for them to have that faith, but, but they don't believe what we believe. What mm-hmm. would you say are some things that they um, can put in place for their life to help them get through that journey? Um, I would say <clears throat> find someone that you can be honest with, that you can talk to, that you feel like you can say anything to them and they aren't going to judge you and um, look at you differently because of that. That's another thing. Like one of my best friends, Kim, she's a Christian, but at the same time, I felt like I could say anything to her. And as a Christian friend, she wasn't going to judge me or like look at me and say, well, you shouldn't think that way or believe that or act that way because of this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. So find someone that you can talk to. I do wholeheartedly believe in medication. I know that it helped me. And that it made a big difference when I was faithful to doing what the doctors told me to do. Um, I believe that God has put that into place for us um, as a form of healing too. Um, Another thing that's been great that I've just embraced is counseling. Um, Being able to talk to someone who actually knows what they're talking about. I go to a Christian counselor. You do not have to go to a Christian counselor. You can go to someone that's able to just bounce questions off of you and get you to start talking so that you can understand where the root of some of these issues are coming from. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those would be my top three, I think. Awesome. And so, Mm -hmm. so how are, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Um, I think I'm at a stage now where I think there's an aspect of people's personalities that will always maybe kind of um, struggle with some of these issues. And so I can tend to be an anxious person. I always have been. Um, but as I get older and as I kind of 
work through a lot of these things with the Lord, I'm beginning to see that I have control over how I think and how I feel about certain things. Um, and I can change the path of my mind when it starts to go in a certain direction. And that's something yesterday, I just went to a counseling session and I said to my counselor, I'm like, I don't understand why I'm the person that has to deal with all this stuff. Like, why do I have to work out all my junk and crap and other people are just floating through life and it's so easy for them. And she looked at me and she's like, do you honestly believe that? And I was like, I do. I'm like, I really actually do believe that. She's like, Tegan, I'm telling you, everybody has stuff they are dealing with. And the thing is, is that we don't have to deal with it. We don't have to work through it. We don't have to do any of that. We can go our whole lives just ignoring it. We get to. Mm-hmm. And that has really, the, for the last 24 hours, really been on my mind and on my heart that we get to work through it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, so, so with this podcast, one of the things that, um, that I, I want to be able to do is, is offer it um, as a, I guess, as a resource for life to people. And, and you heard me in, in the intro um, that it's, it's an opportunity for people to share their stories and to be able to um, help other people through the sharing of their stories. And, and you know, today your, your story has been, uh, it's been great to, to hear uh, a lot of what others on the outside wouldn't be able to see what was really going on with you. And, and it's, it's been interesting to hear your, you know, where you saw um, the things that weren't right and, and how they've, they've changed over this time and, and how you got through it. It's been, it's been great. But one of the questions that I, that I've wanted to ask people um, is, is this question here. And, and I'd love for you to finish off with this and then we'll give you a chance to, to share all your social media stuff and your <laughs> blog and everything. But, but I'd love to know if, if you could, knowing what you know now about life, the ups, the downs, the joy, the pain, um, what advice about life would you give to the high school you? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about this for a few days and I had lots of different things come to my mind. And I think the root of all of those things that I would have said to myself comes from this one idea. Every decision and choice that you make has a long-term consequence for the positive, for the negative. And I think sometimes as adolescents, we have a hard time seeing the long-term view of things. We can't see beyond our current state or where we're at in life, or we think the decisions that we're making right now don't have any effect on what we do later. And I can see where things that I deal with now in my thirties, I started developing in my teen years or just ideas or mindsets or choices that I made then have long-term ties to what I deal with now. Mm. And so I would, I would tell people, tell teenagers, especially that you really need to think about the choices that you make. And I don't mean that to be like this big daunting, heavy thing. You get to make the choice And there's a lot of things now that I didn't have to deal with as a teenager that people deal with now, but um, you really need to think about what the outcome of of your decisions will make long-term. Awesome. That's a a great answer. I I, I love that. Um, uh, I want to thank you um, just today for, for your, your honesty. I want to thank you just for your uh, transparency, just being able to admit because some of the things in there that some people will hear and, and they won't like some of your answers and yeah. <laughs> uh, some people are going to love your answers. And so we're, every time we, we address a crowd, there's always going to be um, a division in opinions. And so I, I do appreciate your honesty and, and I appreciate you willing to share your story. And, and I, and I truly believe that your story 
um, is going to um, have the opportunity to help people and to encourage people um, and, and not just encourage people going through it, but encourage people who have already been through it to share their story. And, I, and like I said before, that has the opportunity to um, to change other people, um, other people's lives and, and their situations. So I want to thank you so much. But before you before you go, I would love for you to share just where people can find you. How can they find you on whatever platform you have, Instagram, um, if people still use Facebook, use Facebook. <laughs> I, I, um, I actually do, if I'm being honest. I use Facebook still. But um, but just share where they can yeah. find you on your blog because I know that your blog, you've been doing a lot of writing and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I want you just people to be able to, to find you on social media. So, so let everybody know how they could find you. Okay. Um, I have just a blog page where I write Facebook posts under the blog um, page name of Sela blog, S-E-L-A-H blog. Um, so that's where I do my writing, but I think you're right. People that are younger than us don't even really use Facebook anymore. So maybe I need to make a website again. I don't know. (laughs) And then, um, my Instagram is just tagging Bombay. Um, that's just the handle tagging at tagging Bombay. Okay. And so those are the, those are the two main spots for me where, where I like to share. So. Awesome. Well, that's great. Um, again, thank you so much, Tegan. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your, out of your schedule and, uh, thank, thank your husband for, for allowing you to do this as well. Uh, and and wondering when he's bringing me back to Saskatchewan. Well, summer's coming. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anything could happen right now. Anything could happen. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great day. Okay. Thanks.